I remember 20 years ago, nobody was thinking about two women doing the same job. What I did was to look for two women to do one job part-time. They were highly complementary. So I thought, why not hiring two of them for one job? It was something that was never done before in the industry. Welcome to When She Leads, a podcast from the Center for Creative Leadership that showcases the power of women in the workplace. We're sharing stories of inspiration and impact from executives in a range of industries and organizations around the world. These are people who are making a difference by supporting women's advancement and development because we believe that when she leads, it's ultimately about better outcomes for all. Hello, this is Laura Santana. I'm a global faculty at the Center for Creative Leadership, and today it is my privilege and my honor to speak with Marta Del Rio. Marta is honored by the United Nations as one of five Empower Women International honorees. She's hosted by the Council of Women World Leaders with the UN Secretary General. And she's actually founder and CEO of her own organization named WASI Organic. They create organic food products to share with the world. What's unique about Marta's business is that she sources from small Andean farmer associations she pays fair prices. She promotes health and well-being while she and her organization work tirelessly to eradicate poverty in the Andes. She's based in Lima, Peru, and she has global operations having just entered the market in the UK. Martha, I am so excited to learn about you and to have you share part of your story with us. Can you tell us a little bit about your role in the organization? Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really thrilled to be here. Laura, as, as in any small organization, startup, because ours is a four-year-old organization, the CEO is officially, of course, a CEO, but we have different hats. The first, of course, CEO and founder, the second, not less important, head of human development. The third, head of marketing and international expansion. And then the, the main strategist in the company. And also take care of funding and investor relations. My partner is the CEO and she takes care of all the operational side of the business, namely production, plant, uh, supply. Thank you. As I listen to all the roles that you have, I'm wondering how you see the challenges that women in your organization or in the industry face. Can you talk to us about those challenges a bit? Yeah, of course. I, I was uh, thinking about that. I've been thinking about that for a long time. And they, there aren't really big differences between industries in terms of the challenges that women face. It's probably more about the intensity of each of the challenges, but in general, we all share the same difficulties. I would say that the fact that we are in a Latin American country and in a developing country makes it probably more intense even because of the cultural side of it. In Peru, even millennials, even women that we believe have much more opportunities because they have been now leaving university at the same pace as men. But here, you leave university as a woman and they still expect 
to get married and have children and to, of course, have a job. But men would take care of between 10 and 15 percent of the household duties, while women on top of the work load would have to take on at least 80 or 90 percent of that. So things haven't really changed much in the last, I don't know, 20 or 30 years. That's so interesting. I I am always struck by the cultural expectations of gender, really guiding a lot of how people follow a path. I'm curious how you got interested in women's leadership or in being a women leader yourself. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, this has been a very long journey, having been raised in Peru, where, as you said before, cultural background, you know, it's very strong in terms of what you're supposed and not supposed to do as a woman. So nobody really told me, other than probably my mother, who was a little bit ahead of her time, but still the typical housewife. She always told me that I should try to do things differently. I just felt that I needed to prove that we could do the same. So my way to proving that was to start in university with the most difficult career and the one that only men were enrolled, which was industrial engineering. So when they asked me, why are you studying this? I had to sort of like, you know, evade the question because I didn't want to tell them why exactly I was studying that. And the reason was because I wanted to prove that any woman could do exactly the same, exactly as well in industrial engineering as a man. So I did that for a couple of years. I realized I didn't like it. I grew up a little bit and and also realized that that was probably not the best way to advance gender equality. But, but yeah, I mean, that was my way. And later on, when I started to have some responsibilities in companies, my way of advancing gender equality was through mentoring, mostly. Mentoring and pioneering things that were relatively new, like 20 years ago, like flexibility, for instance. And in Spain, I remember 20 years ago, nobody was thinking about two women doing the same job. What I did was to look for two women to do one job part-time, both of them, but both responsible and both complementary, because I had a very small budget and I wanted to, to hire the best possible candidate for the job. And I couldn't find that. And after a few headhunters try, what I found was two amazing women who didn't want to work because they had a lot on their plates, children, you know, the, the school age children that are the most difficult times when they are between two and seven. And, and they were amazing women. And on top of that, they were highly complimentary. So I thought, why not hiring top two of them for one job? It was something that was never done before in in, in, in the industry where I was working in Spain. So this, this was my way of, of advancing gender equality without really doing what I should have done from the very beginning, which is probably being part of a few more networks and understand or being mentored. I miss a mentor in my life. That's why maybe I was mentoring women. That's wonderful. I believe there are other ways that you are advancing gender equality. Can you describe that? Yes, this is something very recent. I was contacted by Women CEO, which is a, a, quite a new organization in Peru. It's an NGO that works towards uh, women development and gender equality. 
And they asked me to help in whatever possible way I could. So I thought, look, I don't have a lot of time. What if I just pick one project where I believe because of my background, I could add much more value. So I picked the 3030 that was just starting. That was six months ago. And the first, the 3030 is, is, is called like that because it aims to have 30% of women on board by the year 2030, like the year of the Sustainable Development Goals target for the UN. So mirroring that, the, the goal is to get 30% of women in most of the major companies in Peru. That is an immense goal because today we have less than 1%. So imagine. And the way we're doing that is by basically three three columns. We are building this on three columns. One is training, because women need to be mentored and trained. The women who have the potential to become part of the of a board of a major company in Peru. The other big column is networking and, and database, meaning we want to put together these women in a database. We want them to network, to feel that they're part of they're not alone here and they can exchange the challenges and difficulties and achievements and tips. And the other big column is engaging men. That was part of my contribution, basically, to tell them that in order to achieve that, we need to build this project on these three columns. Thank you for sharing that. I know that your company also partners with farmers associations led by women and that mentoring sounds like a very big cornerstone of your work in the world. Can you talk about the way that your organization empowers its women leaders? Yeah, we do it on on different levels. On the farmers level, what we do is we, we filter a lot the type of association we want to partner with because it needs to be people that really, really want to improve their lives by working hard not by, you know, looking for charity. That's that's not the way. And also we we try to find associations where where women with a little bit of support could become the leaders because there is a lot of potential there. Once we pick those associations, we work with those women and we mentor them to make sure that first they believe in themselves because that's the number one thing they've been told for so many years, what the place is, that they can't see the potential in themselves. We do see them. So once we see them and we, once they start believing in themselves, they can do a lot more. That's wonderful. That's with farmers. With women in our company, the way we do it is we have a recruitment policy whereby we recruit recent graduates from the top universities and we have a very lengthy selection process because we want to to invest in these women and we want to understand the potential and it's very difficult to understand the potential to for these women to become the future leaders of a company where they don't don't when they haven't worked before and they don't have references so it's a quite a lengthy process where it's trial and error, and we've learned a lot throughout the last three years. 
And basically what we do is each of us, CEO and COO, my partner and myself, we pick one per year. And during that year, we try to unleash that potential and to understand how can we best help them and how can we position them to become the leaders of WASI 10 years, 20 years from now. Wonderful. Can you talk about in your region, what does it look like when an organization is doing gender equality very well? Well, in Peru, when I came here eight years ago, and I, and I started to, to see what I wanted to do, which type of company I wanted, because I was sure I wanted to leave the corporate life and start a different type of company. Uh, one of the things I did was to look for studies about the industry and the ecosystem and how is that working and how are women developing in different corporations. And I couldn't find anything. So there's very, very little research about how gender equality translates into better ROI for companies, for example. So it's just more empirical. We know that what we do is going to have an effect because of the many research being done everywhere else in the world. And we know it's having an effect because we talk to other people which are putting in place uh, similar policies and they're getting a lot of good things. There are things that you, you feel more in the short term, you feel and you measure, and there are things that you just hope that will happen and that's because it takes a long, long time. The short term ones are engagement and talent retention and high motivation. So we, that, we see that. We see that a lot. I mean, most of the, our workforce are comp- is comprised by millennials. Millennials in general, all over the world, they jump from one job to another, like, you know, six months, one year, two tops. In our case, we have people that last three years and counting because our, we started with this program three years ago and no one is leaving, which is really rare in, in the industry and really rare in the group of millennials that we're hiring. So it sounds like you're helping more women get a seat at the table. It sounds like you're helping them hold up their cultural beliefs or maybe self-limiting beliefs and just inviting them to be supported so they have the flexibility to think beyond kind of a cultural expectation of them. And that will set an example for other organizations, I would imagine. I hope so, so, really because it is working. And sooner than later, someone will do a few studies about that, I'm sure. I assume that being recognized by the United Nations helps uh, the visibility as well. (laughs) Well, sorry, I'm laughing because, yes, that is what all my friends told me. However, funny enough, here, Winning a, a football championship gets about a hundred times more press attention, more media coverage than winning a UN award female. <laughs> well. So yeah, welcome to Latin America. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, some of my the colleagues that were the recipients of this award told me actually that I'm not alone because I was complaining. I get hardly any coverage. I mean, this is so important for Peru to, you know, for Peruvian women to to be represented in Latin America and the Caribbean. And I don't get press coverage because it's always, you know, there is always some football thing hundred times more important for the media. And that that's appalling, but that's the way it is and not the way it should be and not the way we will make it be soon, hopefully. 
Well, thank you for the efforts that you're making, because I do know that around the world, the conversations are much more open to different ideas. And I believe we really are trying to bring about lasting change. What is the hardest part that you found about helping create a lasting change? Yeah, I think the hardest part is getting real engagement from men because we cannot do that alone. But to get also women to do a little bit more because we, we, we can always do more and we need to do much more than we do as a network of females to advance this. And this is always my question to women when I see them in different events. It's like, are you really doing enough? Do you think you could do more? Because we always can do more, even myself. I, I could have done much more than I did 10 years ago, and I'm doing much more, and I still feel that I, that I could do a little bit more. And so we could do much more, helping each other, supporting each other, mentoring each other. And men, you know, getting the engagement of men is absolutely critical. What's the the recipe for that? I'm not sure yet. We're... I'll, I'll tell you when I get there because we are on, on the way right now. Marta, I'm thinking about your path through life and into leadership. If you had any advice for your younger self, what would you tell yourself? I think I would say to this young Marta, get a mentor. I also would tell her, you could do much more. And I also would tell her, you can't do it alone. Network. Go find women like you and support each other. These three things that I, I didn't do when I was, you know, 20 years old. I do hear this theme as you speak about the importance of connecting with other people in a mentoring capacity, in networking. You even pioneered some job sharing many years ago and that together we, we can do things can you describe just the quality or what you most appreciated about a mentor, a mentoring relationship, someone who mentored you? Well, I didn't have a mentor ever. That's why for sure I, I wanted to mentor high potential women when I found them, when I saw them, because I had to to learn the, the harder way. I mean, there's, there's never the softer way. There's always hard, but it can be hard or harder. And for me, it was much harder than it should have been. And that was because I didn't have that in the equation. I think a mentor is something that is absolutely necessary. Absolutely. And I, w I wish I would have had one. And for those of us who might be inspired by your words and your outreach to mentor younger women or women who are around us, what are two or three things that we could do to begin to mentor others, both formally or informally? I think in my case, what I did was I had the women already in my organization and all my mentees except one have been inside the organizations where I was working. And I always had so a senior role and I was looking at these women there and I was looking at the potential they had and I knew that with a little bit of mentoring, they could quicker become, you know, the future leaders of, of that organization or, or any other. So I saw something in them and I, I had to be very selective 
because you cannot mentor 10 women at the same time. I wish I could. So I always picked one woman at a time. But I think that was something that I knew somehow how to do because my mentees have in very short time become really amazing leaders in the corporations where they are. One story that I, I, maybe because it was my first mentee, that's why the story is closest to my heart, was my secretary. So I am here, very, very young. It was my first job with a responsibility. And I was a director of, of a strategy in this big multinational. And then, but I was just in my late 20s. So I, I had these early 20s women. And uh, she was an amazing secretary, but I thought I felt something in her, you know. And I told her, what do you really want to do in your life? Because do you really want to to be a secretary and then an executive secretary and then maybe, maybe the CEO secretary or what is really what you want to do. And she told me that her dream was to do, to become a marketing specialist. So I told her, why don't you study marketing then? So we, we figure out a way of studying marketing. She actually told me that she started, but she didn't finish because she had to leave for personal reasons, family, you know, income, etc. So uh, she was halfway actually. In two years, she finished with me supporting the, this flexibility because she had to leave every day at 5 p.m. So I had to become my secret, my own secretary for a couple of hours, and that was okay with me. I had to pretend that because my boss would have never allowed something like that. So we were sort of like, I tried to cover for her for those two hours. And once she, she got her diploma, I hired her as my marketing assistant, and we hired together a secretary. And that was fantastic because I mentored her for three years, then I left the company. Then, then I went on with my life mentoring some other high potential woman that I thought was absolutely worth it, et cetera, et cetera. And then 10 years later, I found out about her because she was the managing director for a major multinational in Spain. 10 years later only. I couldn't believe it. I thought, is this the same name maybe and it's a different woman? So I called and it was her. And I was so happy for her. So happy. So it sounds like one person at a time, you can make a difference. It sounds like you're also making a difference in the way you are leading your organization. And I'm just struck about your journey from a European multinational consumer goods and all of your experience there to now in your own company. I, I, I have read that you go to extraordinary lengths to responsibly source and expertly blend superfoods found in remote Peruvian environments. I think that is quite <laughs> a journey and I would like to thank you for sharing your story with us today. Are there any other issues that you'd like to discuss that we haven't touched on yet? I always like to have like a call for action. And I think for women who are now listening to these, or will be listening to these, do more because you can support more, mentor more, action more and believe more in yourself because you can accomplish much more than you think you can. Those are wonderful words of inspiration and a call to action for those of us listening. 
Thank you so much, Marta del Rio. Thank you, Nora. Thanks for listening to When She Leads, a podcast where we share stories of inspiration and impact from the Center for Creative Leadership, a global nonprofit with offices in 10 countries. We've been at the forefront of women's leadership development for more than 40 years, and we use research to develop people into better leaders. Special thanks to our guest, Marta del Rio Villanueva. Marta has spent more than 20 years in executive positions for major brands such as Procter & Gamble, Burger King, and American Express, and is now the co-founder and president of Wasi Organics, a Peru-based organic snack company that sources all ingredients from small Andean farmers' associations. You can find out more about Wasi Organics at wasiorganics.com. I'm Emma Flack, and I hope you'll help us shape the future of women in leadership by subscribing to this podcast. Find us on social media and keep the conversation going about everything that can be accomplished when she leads.